man, there's a breaking point about halfway through Revenge of the Fallen where this series just becomes about nothing. Mm-hmm. It just suddenly, the moment they teleport to Egypt, the ser- like it goes from a series that's t- full of too much. It's where the revisionist history starts. That's <laughs> where it really takes the deep dive. <laughs> It's Wednesday night, and we are in Rachel's apartment, which must mean that it is Starformers night. Welcome to Rebels and Robots, episode twenty-nine. I often I go fifty-fifty on whether I remember to list the number of the episode every week or not. Not that it matters, because you can probably see it I always put on the your title player. Notes. So do I. I still forget to say it. I'm Cameron. I'm Rachel, and this is our weekly chat where we talk about Star Wars and Transformers. And this week, we will be continuing our Transformers Hot Bot Summer. I'm now titling it. Oh, Oh, that was a lot to comprehend (laughs) at once. Because of the release of a new Transformers film earlier this summer, we have been retroactively going back through the Transformers films and reviewing them. This week, we are to number three of six. If we decide to do Bumblebee, we haven't really discussed how far we're going to go. We'll probably get to them eventually. Just like Moana, how far we'll go. (laughs) I would start singing if I knew any other words. I do. I know the whole song. <laughs> Almost know it in German. Congratulations. Too. Thank you. Uh, I'm surprised The Rock has not joined the Transformers series. He, he did G.I. Joe. He went the other way. He, he, no, there was a path. because they went, because they went, we got two wrestlers we can hire out of Hollywood. We either do The Rock or John <laughs> Cena. And you know what they chose? They chose correctly. But they didn't even stick with him. He's only in Bumblebee. Exactly. That's why it works. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh, before we get to the subject of Transformers Dark of the Moon, we always start with thoughts from the last week. Any news, anything along those lines? Rachel is typically a lot better at this part than I am. Though I do have a lot that's not really news, it's just stuff that I found. But what do you got as far as news, Rachel? My mom would like to let you know. Um. <laughs> okay, I was listening to last week's episode and I thought it's going to become a weekly recurring Speaking segment now of... Updates from Rachel's mom. <laughs> she wants you to know that um, she doesn't have a quiet library in response to your meme last week. <laughs> so I just wanted to clear that, clear the air on that, um, and put a correction. Last week, I for meme minute, I included a uh, an image that I found on the internet. It was just a, one of the Transformers toys holding a gun up to the camera, and it said, be quiet in the library. <laughs> so just putting that correction out there. Um Megan, you're going to have to fight for your spot as our number one listener uh-huh. for my mom. I actually you know, have something from Megan as well. That's from a couple weeks ago. fight for each other. We forgot for to mention it. Uh, speaking of Megan, uh, she texted us um, a few days, or sometime last week. Uh, she is behind by a few weeks or so, and she was listening to our episode where we use the Snapchat Optimus Prime filter on Athena, oh. <laughs> and we called her Catamus Prime. And Megan texted us, can't believe you called her Catamus Prime and not Optimus Prime. I know. That was a missed opportunity to call her. And you you commented Catamus Prime. And then Megan said Cat and Mouse Prime, (laughs) which is excellent. Excellent. Three comedy points for Megan for Cat and Mouse Prime. Are you allowed to divvy those up? Anyone's allowed to give comedy points. Friend group. All right. Do you have news? Uh, oh, quickly, more a little bit more about Megan. So yes. she also mentioned that text that she was just on an episode where we were talking about something she had said prior, which made me realize at some point we're just going to get into this recursive 
loop of Megan talking to us about talking about her, about talking about us on the <laughs> podcast, which is what we are currently doing right now. Very, is that what, looper? <laughs> uh, it doesn't quite get to that point. More like the movie uh, Predestination, if you've never seen it. Oh. Uh, which is a science fiction movie about a person Joseph who. Gordon Levitt. No, that's Looper. <laughs> Predestination. Oh, I is thought a you movie. said Looper was about predestination. No, no, no. There's a, a sci-fi movie called Predestination with Ethan Hawke, which is the main character is the hero and the villain and his own mother and his own father and yeah, it's Ooh, wild. I like that. Uh, really good though. It it, it does kind of make sense in the context of the film. Anyways, also shout out to Megan for granting us both uh, lightsaber pens. Ooh, thanks yes. for the gift. Really appreciate it. Um, she hands us the pack and it had two pins one is a blue lightsaber and one is a red lightsaber and she said you can fight over which one you get and i said rachel gets the sith one because of yes. course <laughs> yes it's on the table if you hear me I, I i will probably accidentally pop the cap off a lot <laughs> i almost you... lost uh my cap at work and oh, no. one of uh my friends who was there he just like spotted it like eagle eyes uh, anyways, uh, what else do you got as far as this big stretch from Athena? Thanks for showing up. She's actually closer to the mic than she normally is. I know. And now she's sniffing the end of the lightsaber. Mm -hmm. um, I hope you can give her the pins so she can take notes on her editing uh, responsibilities. <laughs> um, I was actually... So my, my wife does not regularly listen to the pod, which... Fair. Um, but we were... She just I, listen to you every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, she actually really enjoyed listening. I just don't... For the most part, I don't expect her to listen because she doesn't watch the shows that we're watching. Uh, but I thought she would enjoy last week's Barbenheimer episode. So we were listening while we were cooking the other day. And she said, uh, we made a joke about Athena being the editor. And she said, if someone just dropped it on an episode, would they know Athena was a cat? <laughs> Which, so if you're a new listener, Athena is uh, Rachel's cat who lives in the apartment with her and is being very cute. <laughs> I'd right hope now. she does. <laughs> You could be an outdoor cat. Who knows? Her? I, we, uh, you and I know she's not an outdoor she cat. She has a 70-ounce water fountain. Do you think she's going <laughs> to go outside? Uh, anywho, uh, what uh, what other news you got, Rachel? So, the the Lando series yeah. has new writers. Um, and I've, I got I got a two-parter news about mm -hmm. this one. So, the Lando... Um, um, Sorry. <laughs> Go for it. The uh, Lando show on Disney Plus that has kind of been in and is still, I would guess, in Disney Plus purgatory, especially with the yes. SAG-AFTRA strikes. Uh-huh. Um, Justin Simeon, the original writer, departs. Whatever. Um, uh, uh, sorry. I can't read. Um, so the new writers are Donald Glover. <laughs> Uh -huh. and his brother um and lando would also be starring donald glover mm -hmm. um so that's kind of interesting the two-parter to that is that supposedly the original lando writer and showrunner dustin simeon found out he was replaced through an instagram stories post interesting um apparently he commented um on it saying this is me finding out right now <laughs> on the post yeah i uh, this was what i read was from a facebook post so obviously grain of salt but i am looking at a vanity fair article right now which adds a little bit of there's some weirdness over how 
true this is or mm-hmm. how like serious it is yeah. because we're in the middle of a writer's strike. I initially saw it from IGN and I don't believe yeah. IGN for like many things, but I thought it was interesting. A lot discussion. of major sources are reporting it. Yeah. But I am always skeptical because I know there's one thing that got widely reported that was simply not true was years back. It was widely reported that Michael Bay's company was producing the door, the Explorer movie <laughs> and hit, uh, Platinum Dunes is his company. And they had to come out and say, we are not. This is just not true. Um, and so there's always possibility that something gets widely reported and simply not true. Vanity Fair is reporting this, and it just simply says, a source confirms. Um, I don't think this is officially confirmed as of yet. And yeah. also, who knows what... It says, um, what it says on here, on the Vanity Fair articles, it's been... Uh, the two have been quietly in control of the Lando series for many months. Who knows what comes... Even if it was true, what comes after this writer's strike? So many things could get canceled. Who knows? There's a party that was kind of like... They still have writers assigned to the Lando show? Yeah. Like, we haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, so... Like, it doesn't exist until there's a trailer out. Does the idea of... No, I... Don Glover writing his Lando show sounds fantastic in theory. I've never actually watched atlanta myself but heard good things about widely regarded as an incredible television show that he is both star of and writer on so he has a history of being he's a creative kind of renaissance man Mm -hmm. he he does a little bit of everything and he's really good at all those things as far as as i'm aware and um you can tell by his performance in solo that's a character that he cares about yeah um, I really enjoyed him in Solo. He's phenomenal in Solo. I mean, one of the most widely praised things about this film is his performance. And I would love to see him play the character more. And I really hope this show happens. Mm-hmm. Whether this comes to be true. It's so hard to know whether this stuff is true or not. Because if it n- never comes to pass, it doesn't mean that this report was wrong in its time. But it also could be totally false. But nonetheless, um, as far as theoretically, if this happens, I think it is exciting but um, it is sad that it's taken this long to for them to just have to restart effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You got any other news? Yeah. So granted, I'm not quite sure how true this is, but it's about the CEO uh, of Paramount supposedly had to con- not constantly, but had to call Michael Bay over and over about the ending of Rise of the Beasts, the G.I. Joe scene. Interesting. Because uh, so I'm just going to read it. Robbins, I don't know his first name, but that's CEO. Robbins told Variety that Bay, that Michael Bay was worried it would, quote, cheapen the other Transformers movies to tie them in with G.I. Joe. And Robbins had to call him, quote, 50 times before Bay would talk to him about it. I would not let him off the hook, the Paramount CEO explained. And when he finally stopped dodging my calls, we got him to sign off. And so this article kind of goes on that it's not weird for um, in Hollywood for a producer to have to do- to have to like have a hill they're willing to die on but it is weird that michael bay is supposedly worried that um you know (laughs) it would cheapen the brand of transformers when to quote when he didn't seem to give a damn about it when he was actually making transformers movies (laughs) so i i thought that was kind of interesting so yeah it's being reported by av club which is a a reputable source um yeah that's bizarre he must have gotten a really good contract probably whenever he signed on to come back on uh, back after three 
he probably got an incredible contract. Um, and yeah, that's, um, I don't know. On, on the one hand, maybe he should have said no. <laughs> maybe he was right. Um, does it cheapen it? I don't know. Is it the best move possible when, like, it'd be Michael, one thing? Michael Bay would transform us when we have fun and art. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nonetheless, um, that is fascinating to see that this man continues to have that much power over these films long after he should have stopped. Um, and even himself said that he should have stopped. Apparently, this article is talking about how he realizes Spielberg told him to stop after three and he kept going, and maybe, but then we would have never gotten five. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit too far. <laughs> to quote George Lucas after watching Phantom Menace. <laughs> what other news you got? That's really all the news I got, but I have an interesting discussion that I would like to talk about. Okay, um, I've got a couple of quick tidbits here. One <laughs> is I stumbled upon a bit of Jar Jar Binks concept art, which mm. is um, I just wanted to get a live mm, reaction. I don't like that. How would you describe this gentleman? Um, Athena commented on it. I don't uh, know if you heard her in the background. Um, kind shaved Grinch from the live action, <laughs> but with uh, Pumbaa's face from the Lion King. Oh man, that's a good description. Thank you. Yeah, he um, especially the way his his pose in this particular piece of concept art. Like, so the the a major element here uh, why I found this is that early stage concept art had him having a, some sort of pet, mm-hmm. um, which was probably a good move to not have doubled down on the, on the CGI characters for this movie. But um, he has some sort of, like, pug dog alien looking thing. And he's, like, the thing is only, like, a couple feet tall. So he's having to lean way over, like, put his hand on it. And he's, like, leaning against it. And then he's so far bent over that he has his hand on his hip. And it, it almost looks like it's meant to be seductive in some way. <sighs> but this thing looks like a, uh, a mole rat um, with... Man, the face of Pumbaa is a pretty good uh, call. Now, here's another piece of concept art as well. <laughs> the dog is quite bigger in this one. And this looks closer to the final Jar Jar that we had, but his ears are way bigger. Mm. Uh, at least this one has pants on. We forgot to mention the other one was totally naked. Oh, yeah, he was naked. Uh, this one has bright green pants on. Um, are you sure? Can I see that? Oh, those are definitely pants. Oh, yeah, he's got, like, the little ankle strap thing. Uh-huh. So, I just needed... I saw it, so I thought you needed to see it. Uh, I hate that. Another it's okay. <laughs> another small find um, on the Rebels and Rebels social media feed that I have... I'm trying to curate that only shows Star Wars and, and Transformers content. For some reason, Facebook really wants to show me baseball stuff and, like, just random people. Just, like, normal people stuff. Too. Like... I have never once engaged with anything that is not nerd related. Why are you showing me like influencers? It doesn't make or sports. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, and a couple of times this guy has popped up and I've kind of ignored it. But um, once I went to the website, it was actually some interesting content. Um, it was a guy. So why initially I thought it was interesting that I ignored it was because this guy kept mentioning a city that was the same name of a city that's near us. So I thought this guy would be local. Then I looked it up and he's actually in Pennsylvania. Um, he, uh, has his own replica Optus Prime truck, uh, specifically he, uh, his, everywhere, all around his branding, he, he, uh, declares, uh, I gotta find, I gotta find the actual sentence that he, uh, he's got, uh, I gotta get dang, me. I didn't have it ready. You gotta get me a man me like that. Just a, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
the first and currently only full-scale replica of the new Optimus Prime vehicle made uh, from Age of Extinction. It's specifically Age of Extinction. Also, side note, I wanted to clarify, I am not trying to make fun of this guy. This guy seems very wholesome and very genuine. It's just because it's so genuine, it's funny. But I'm definitely not making fun of him. I think he's doing good stuff. Way. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm laughing with you, but not definitely not at you. Uh, it's specifically optimusishere.com. Um, it's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a threat after Age of Extinction. Uh, that's, that's especially funny what, what the next thing I'm about to say. So this guy's seemingly, other than just making appearances at events with the truck, his, uh, like, it seems to be his passion is as follows um you can you can hire this man to to drive up in the Optimus prime semi to do as follows um do oh, sick it. burnouts in your parents driveway. <laughs> I, you wish <laughs> uh oh um pause have we been recording this whole time yes we have okay because your audio just came in on my headphones oh weird and, um sometimes the splitter that i have is kind of mm. wonky but i can hear myself okay, but thank cool. you for checking but i went oh, okay. <laughs> that would, yeah i am constantly <laughs> checking trust me <laughs> we've been going uh, for 20 minutes okay so optimus is here presentation summary features an outdoor presentation by public speaker joe fiducia the owner of optimus prime focuses mainly on the importance of recognizing why bullies lash out and what students can do if it happens to them this is usually del delivered to the entire school at a one-time on school grounds we typically start with a surprise roll-up of optimus usually escorted by local police or fire if possible he then spends about 30 to 40 minutes speaking to the students on the topic of bullying sharing experiences of his own and highlights the importance of rising up in their way Though the truck does not transform, <laughs> even Optimus speaks a few words of encouragement to the students as well. For the last five to ten minutes, classes Amazing. are invited for group photos to get a closer look at Optimus. They are also provided with our anti-bully pledge card to sign up if they wish, which are distributed within the building later that day to each student. So Optimus you, Prime is touring the country giving anti-bullying speeches. Do you, do you think the next movie came out and he was like punch in the air? If the design changed, <laughs> maybe. Um, did you, and I, I remember correctly. I think there's a guy down in Texas that has like an Ironhide replica truck, which is really impressive because I am I would not be tall enough to get into that vehicle. <laughs> I'd need a step stool or like there, three. There was a photo. He does sometimes uh, team up with a guy who has an exact replica of. Uh, Megatron from Dark of the Moon, the like desert truck Ooh. mode that oh, I was, we're going to talk about I later. Was be like, oh, who just has that? <laughs> um, so that is, those are my finds for the week. There's some interesting content from around the internet. Uh, what do you got? We meant to talk about this last week and then we didn't because I forgot to bring it up. Okay. Linkin Park. Major part of these original three films. So it's basically, I'm curious... I think we should rank the three songs. The three songs. I know my ranking. Wow. Well, I mean, three is hard. Um, any list of three because you're going to have, I, I think, so are we ranking them by the quality of the song or how well they how fit the like movie? How you like them. Just, just generally. Well, just okay, as songs. Because I, th I think there's a huge difference there. Oh, I guess we could do both. <laughs> because I... I am personally a huge Linkin Park fan, and I think for not the same reason, like, they, I know they're a big cliche, and I know that people think they're cringy, but I think that 
they have what they're known for, and then they have a much deeper catalog of music than what they're known for. And the I, back think, I think there's got the Lincoln Park, not the back <laughs> rooms. Jingle jingle, I said the word you like. Jingle jingle, <laughs> jingle black jingle, rooms. Jingle, <laughs> um, they they have a really nice eclectic <laughs> style. I hated their last album. Uh, but I think things were unfortunately going very wrong uh, towards the end. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, it's very sad. Uh, but I think the original five or six albums or so are all. Have, and I'm actually not a huge fan of the original album either. But this, after the first album and before the final album, I think they had a nice eclect, varying different styles, approaches, topics that they covered, uh, songs that varied in in what they were trying to do, how heavy they were, how light they were. Other phenomenal band. Supposedly, I have a tough time believing this this story, but I've read it multiple places. Supposedly, how they got um, in with the Transformers movies is after Megan Fox had been cast um, for the first film, she was at one of their concerts and they got her backstage and asked if they could do a song for the movie. That's not how anything in Hollywood ever works. So That's I, not how the force works. <laughs> I just don't, nothing about that story makes no, any sense whatsoever. So I really don't think that's what happened. See, but. I have heard rumors that they. <laughs> There's some People. mysterious sounds coming from outside. I have heard rumors that they supposedly based the flames on Optimus Prime's design after the flame tattoos that, I don't know his name. Uh, Chester Bennington. Chester ha- but I really only saw that thing coming around after chester passed away and so i was like i don't know how actually true that is i feel like michael bay was probably like put flames on him it's gonna look cool um i mean i guess that's hard to refute because they're very generic i'm looking at the tattoos they're They're very generic so like my michael bay impersonation sounds a little bit like george (laughs) if you ask most people to both especially people who do like car painting to do flames on a car they would look like this i really feel like it's like they look cool um so anyways um for i realized we probably should have some summarized why this is relevant at the beginning all three of the first three transformers films their end credit song is a song by the band lincoln park and at least in the final two the last two the song like the the music the music from the song is like sprinkled throughout the film as well um so we've got what I've done uh, for is the famous one from the first film, which is a song that pre-existed. It was from the album that had come out a year prior to the film. So I think that song was totally pre-existed Transformers. And then you've got uh, New Divide, which I believe was written for Revenge of the Fallen. And then you, for the fifth one, you have Iridescent, which I, it's kind of hard to discern because it, it's on a normal album for them. But the music video for the song has footage from Dark of the Moon. So I'm not 100% sure if that song was written. It doesn't seem like it was written for Dark of the Moon. Um, So nonetheless, why I went through all that to say the difference between me ranking them as songs I like and songs, how they work for the film are two very different. They might not even be the different lists. I just have different explanations. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, what's your ranking, Rachel? Uh, I'm going to go new, like, best to, I don't want to say worst, but, like, most new divide, what I've done, iridescent. Oh, man, they're all, see, they, honestly, these three songs almost, uh, what I've done and new divide are pretty similar, and iridescent is pretty different from the other two, but it does somewhat resemble why I like this band, because they have different kinds of songs. As far as use 
you have what, what's up no continue uh, as far as their use in the films iridescent is definitely number three yeah it doesn't match the film it in a good movie it could be used extraordinarily it does not match dark of the moon whatsoever um dark of the moon is a dark movie it is got a lot it's got we as we will talk about later a lot more like human death a lot more war going on it is a heavy film not necessarily in a good way but it just is and they chose one of their lighter poppier more like heartfelt songs Ballad. yeah bizarre choice um and then you've got new divide and what i've done which were a lot more like electronic uh alt rock um I, I, I've always got to go with what I've done is whether it's about how good the song is or, um, well, actually, honestly, of the three, actually, I would probably rank Iridescent as my favorite of those three as far as things, as far as like how much, how likely would I be to listen to it straight up? I would listen to Iridescent. But as far as use in the movies, what I've done is the classic cut to the, like, like I, I have such strong fondness for that first film nostalgically to this day. Um, and, the way it wraps up, it just summarizes the goofy sincerity of that first movie. And I think it just, it really does a good job. And it, you know, the, it also resembles how they used music in the 1986 animated film. Like, it just all works. Um, I think that as far as how it's used in the film, uh, New Divide is a very close second. It, it I think it's... It's unfortunate that it's attached to such a terrible movie. See, I put New Divide because I don't like the movie, but um, I put New Divide because they incorporated New Divide into some of the orchestral soundtrack. Oh, interesting. And so if you listen to the nest theme, you oh, hear yeah, like yeah, the main yeah, chorus. Yeah. And I just really like that. that. I think cool. you hear it a couple times before you actually then hear the Lincoln Park at the end. Yeah. And I, you know me, I've That's got cool. my... 56 hour star wars soundtrack playlist <laughs> so you know you know me i love soundtracks so yeah I, that, i'm just like <clears throat> that's a really good argument um good n- uh what i've done is a little bit more straightforward rock mm-hmm. whereas um new divide has a lot more electronic in it which makes more sense for a robot centric sci-fi action movie so um good yeah good point um yeah good little topic um i really wish they had continued i don't even I don't even know what songs are in the after credits, uh, the, after, the, the main credits of the next two movies. The one in Age of Extinction is Battle Cry by Imagine Dragons. I have Oof, no idea what gross. The Last Night is. Yikes. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a bummer. Want to look it up? <laughs> I mean, and we'll, we'll get there whenever we talk about those movies. We leave it as a jump scare. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It, just, it kind of felt like a, a fun tradition amongst the three. And I know that they, they kind of changed identity after the third one, but mm-hmm. it would have been fun. Non- or at least, like, establish something new. I don't know. And whereas Rise of the Beast... Now, I could I don't think it would work for Rise of the Beast because Rise of the Beast and Bumblebee are very much about 80s and 90s music, mm-hmm. respectively. And um, while as they did bring back the original Jablonski theme in Rise of the Beast, it makes sense they wouldn't bring back the Linkin Park thing. Yeah. Nonetheless... Um, do we want to transition to talking about Dark of the Moon? Yeah, let's do it. So the last two weeks we've talked about what we liked, what we didn't like, and what we found confusing or just kind of whatever. This week I have categorized, uh, <laughs> uh, into th- I don't really ha- honestly have that much good or even bad or even confusing. Cause I just didn't care enough. My 
by far biggest category is a third category I've created, which is amusing observations. Because that's about as much in, uh, energy as I could muster up for a lot of this. But nonetheless, that it will be our main structure is what we liked, what we didn't like, and what we found confusing. Um, Rachel, do you, do we want to start off on a good note and try to talk about what we like? Mm. Mine are yeah. incredibly minor. Like, yeah. I have a joke, a small detail, and one scene is all I've got. Um, what do you, what do you got? What do you want to start with? I do think one of the fun, you know, it's very minor. I, of, you know, in all this movie of, of everything that like didn't happen, um, when they go to the Russian mob club, club, and Sims knocks on the door and says, uh, Vasilidanya, and the guard really goes, that means goodbye and shuts it. I don't know. It's just very comedic. Um, and almost a little unexpected. <laughs> that's that's what I've got. That was going to be my uh, number nice. one thing I liked about the movie. That's nice. like the one good joke. It's the, it's the rhythm <laughs> nice. and timing of it. It's it's very unexpected. We already love Simmons, so a joke to his expense is really funny. Uh, yeah, that's you already hit mine. <laughs> um, we did make the joke when they finally got to Chicago. I went, do they put Trump Tower in this? <laughs> and less than five seconds later, that's where one of the main locations <laughs> well they they like legitimately this is how this went it went uh rachel saying do they show trump tower in this and i went i don't think so and about within about 10 seconds a character goes they're on top of trump tower <laughs> uh which is so funny um so one of my other good things is i have been just dis- complaining so much anytime we talk about transformers about how they are not actually robots in disguise. They're never in disguise. It, they transform into vehicles, which is already cool, but they're not in disguise. There's one small moment where the Autobots actually are in disguise. In the beginning, very beginning of the movie, they are trying to infiltrate in a quote-unquote illegal nuclear site in the, quote, Middle, Middle East. East. Um, and they're, they're all arriving up to it in vehicle form, and the guards go, that's the defense minister's car, and it's one of the Autobots. They just one of them disguised themselves as a vehicle mm-hmm. of a high-ranking politician in order to infiltrate a ve- uh, an enemy base. That's actually in disguise for once. I would get such road rage if I was driving somewhere and four sports cars came around and took up the entire two lanes, two on the line <laughs> and two on each side. I would. I'm so mad. I think about that every single time they do one of those shots. I'm like, this would make me infuriated. Um, I also feel like my third thing that I really enjoy, it, you know, Dutch is a fun character. So um, this plays in something I'll talk about later, but there's a lot of recognizable faces and names in this movie. Uh, Dutch being one of them. Alan Tudyk, who Woo! has been a lot of stuff. Um, people, the more nerdy amongst us, definitely know him. He was the pilot in Firefly. Did you ever watch Firefly? No. Science fiction show. Uh, the only thing I know about Firefly is everyone was sad it got canceled. Yes. Um, he was uh, Steve the Pirate in the movie uh, Dodgeball. Um, phenomenally never, funny I've in never that. I've seen that. Uh, but he's probably most known for his voice acting roles these yep. days. He's yep. in like every Disney film at uh-huh. this point. Probably one of the most... Oh, he's also... I mean, related to Star Wars. I didn't even think about it. He's uh-huh. K2SO. Uh-huh. One of the best Star Wars characters ever. Yeah. Uh, probably the one of the most famous things he's done in the last few years is there was a viral clip from behind the scenes of Moana. He was the voice of Hey Hey the Chicken. Mm-hmm. And it was a, click, a clip online of him doing the chicken voice. And he goes, 
I went to Juilliard. <laughs> Which feels way more relevant to him being in this movie than anything. Um, so Alan Tudyk, one of our one of our best. Um, he is so inherently likable. He cuts through the Michael Bayness of it all. But yeah. I would not say I like the character whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I find it very annoying. It's a very grating, uh, terrible German accent. Maybe in a better movie, in a goofier movie, maybe like the first movie. In the goofy movie. <laughs> he would have fit a little bit more into the first film. But this film isn't that goofy is not trying to be that funny that frequently outside of the robots mm-hmm. themselves so you but know, i can understand why you put them in your you know positives. i'm gonna add a fourth one or maybe it's three and a half because okay. i feel like my other ones didn't count i do think this has the best soundtrack of the of the films interesting okay I like uh thematically mm-hmm. i really like the orchestral soundtrack that they mm-hmm. have so yeah i specifically mentioned that's I, not available on apple music <laughs> <laughs> i don't notice film scores very frequently um which I, is what they're, they're meant to blend in and, and serve the scene but when the Autobots are going up to get on the spaceship to leave Earth, oh, the slowed down uh, minor version of the theme is really good. It's like, meh. <laughs> um, my other positive that I have labeled down is the highway action scene is pretty good. I think that's a more famous scene from this movie where they're all driving down the highway. And the uh, another example of these robots actually being in disguise, the Decepticons were disguised as other black suvs amongst oh the, yeah uh, the police v- the police suvs yes uh and there's a pretty decent action sequence on the interstate um i, I and then and then it then transitioned into a fight scene between um sideswipe sideswipe and ironhide ironhide fight those same decepticons and um i said to rachel i i feel like i'm enjoying this but i don't know if i'm actually enjoying it or i can just tell what's going on <laughs> Because these scenes are often so, they're shot in such extreme close-up, they're edited to hell, they're moving so quickly with so much dust and explosions covering up everything, you just can't actually tell what's going on. These sequences are actually a little bit more clear, and it's a little more possible to, to actually follow what's happening, so... In a, in a movie mostly of just whatever, these, this scene stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, what don't you like, Rachel? Ooh. <laughs> Man, we just got, last, lost half of our listeners I after got, that. Um, so I have a, I have one that I'm going to go on a tangent because I didn't do it last night. So actually, the first one I think that is, and so spoilers. I don't for this film. Um, Ironhide dies. Sentinel kills him. Um, this happening impacted. Mm. Transformers Prime, which is just like the most immediate show that came out after. Yeah, yeah. But Ironheart was supposed to be in that show, and because they killed him off in the movies, Hasbro was like, oh, we don't want to confuse people. Yeah, we talked and about so, this on, our, on the first episode. Yeah, we talked about this a Or lot. the episode of the first I just, movie. I think I'm... I get frustrated just because I don't like how much sway Michael Bay has over mm. the other things. So that that's my beef. Here's Here's my biggest beef with this film. I don't always really get into the science of films. <laughs> but the fact this so it's called dark of the moon they're like oh the alien ship is on the dark of the moon oh that's why the dark side of the moon changes yeah every single time because the moon is tidally locked we see the same face every single time and so there is no consistent dark side of the moon there's the same far side of the moon because we don't see the other side that faces the sun but as it goes around the planet that dark side changes with the phases. So 
I don't know. Is NASA got like six Ford pickup trucks that they just drag the ship back into the dark each moon phase? Now, what were they? Now, this is in reference primarily to the opening scene of the movie where they go to the. It shows. This will play. We'll, we'll go into more detail later. It shows the moon landing. They land on the moon. On the moon, on the far side of the moon, is the this wrecked Autobot ship that they're going looking for. They refer to it as the dark side of the moon. Is it, if that's the only time... It's referred refer to, to later by uh, Wang. Okay. Because he calls it dark side of the moon. In okay, that, That's the time where it doesn't make sense. Because if, if it's simply them discussing it in the moment they're on the moon... That it is on the dark side of the moon. It's in the dark of the. It's in the the shadow side of the moon. But if they're no, it wouldn't have been because it was still lit up by the sun where they it? landed. Yes. Oh geez. If it okay. was dark, it there's there it would have been no light. Mm, interesting. Well, okay, it probably have been like mild refracted refracted yeah. light, mm-hmm. but it would have been dark. Let me let me see if I can bring it up here because I'm not I am not wanting to defend this movie, but uh, it's an interesting. This is way more interesting of a conversation than anything that there is going to talk about in this movie so that's the only reason i'm wanting to go deeper into this i I am curious about this um but also dark of the moon is a much better title than uh far side of them i guess yeah um yeah there is a lot of light yeah they're definitely not on the dark side of the moon what the crap yeah uh dang yeah they're very clearly not on the dark side of the moon what the heck (laughs) Um, to be in the same, because I'm just going to do all my dislikes. Sorry. Um, Go for it. My other one is that transporting a planet into not only our solar system, but into our direct atmosphere. And the fact that it's not done once, but twice would rend our planet apart. (laughs) Not only would it ruin the magnetic field, but putting an object of that density and size would rip earth apart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I look we know michael bay doesn't care about science but it is annoying because there would be consequences mm-hmm. of doing that. we're gonna enslave all the humans on earth rips earth apart hmm maybe we should have thought that through <laughs> unless I you agree. could get into the science of a space bridge and it's not impacting it anyways those are my top three annoyances. <laughs> I understand. My my big one, continuing on from what I said um, and about the editing, this movie is so, so badly edited. And, you know, I understand. I can not forgive, but just be like, accept that action scenes are poorly edited in most modern action movies. It's just technically a stylistic choice, but more just, they don't trust people to, to pay attention for longer than, you know, one second per shot. And it's an easy way to cover up not so good execution on practical effects and CGI. But structural editing is such a fundamental element of how a movie is put together. The way scenes flow from one another, the way the, way the story unfolds. And... People often want to defend these movies. Oh, they're just action movies. They don't, you don't need no, to think about it. Transformers movies. <laughs> it, you know what? I think that could potentially be a um, a defense. I think of a movie. There's a one of my favorite movies the last few years is called Hardcore Henry. It's a first person action film where the story that takes a backseat to the action to the visuals 
it is like 75% action and it works because the movie is not trying to have a story. These over two and a half hour long Transformers movies are trying to have a story. They spend so much time on story, so much time on character and are totally failing. So you cannot tell me this is quote, just an action movie. These movies are trying to be everything. Mm -hmm. They're trying to have romance and humor and weird, like political espionage. Uh, so, and if you want to land a movie that's over two and a half hours, pacing is so important. The way that like, you have to keep the viewer engaged and seeing, I think one of the, the biggest obvious way this movie fails that is scenes just end and the movie just ends. Things, Random black cuts. That, that's a good time to bring this up. I That is probably the most interesting stylistic choice movies making. It's not executed we don't even get a c3po crossfade like we did in <laughs> the the use of of black frames this movie is kind of interesting it it allows it, it's often used in sequences where they're wanting to like quickly montage through something that's a little darker and like it it leaves room for for implication like you don't with the things you aren't seeing and it makes him feel a little more ominous a little dark the main time this works is when laser beak is needs to go and re-recruit a human and go to his home and like is like hanging out with a child and like oh no he kills him he doesn't recruit him he kills him i thought that he needed him to do something more no uh, he kills other people i think in that moment he needed him to do something no for so him. When, so this is where this is right after um sam and uh wang yes. have the conversation and he kills him because you hear the scream and it shows the photo of all the people who who were involved in the NASA cover-up, mm-hmm. and you see Wang in the photo. I'm and, I'm like, now you're so sure. You yeah, no, no, not talking, about, not talking about him. I'm talking about when he goes to the the guy's house and uh, like transforms into like a pink little yeah, version. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he kills that guy because he was like, I did what you want. I think that they he wanted something more of him though. Yeah, like, it's not, like to kill him. I'm trying to find the scene. Like he needed more, like his and this life. Is, this movie's so long. It's so hard to find anything. Dang, this movie's long. So, where about in the movie would that have been? 45 minutes? It was before he kills Wang. So here, here he is. So, he, that, was that his actual name? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that was the character's That's act. how he introduced that himself. That was his code name, I thought. No, I'm pretty sure he introduced himself. Uh, no, there it is. Yeah, Jerry Wang. There it is. Jerry, that, that was his first name. Uh, played by uh, Ken Yong from Community and uh, the uh, hung, hangover, hangover movies. I almost said Hungover movies. Oof. Um, okay. So about 45 minutes is when Wang gets killed. It's a little before that. I think it might be after, actually. Are you sure? Uh, uh, wait, it's that... No. It's the highway scene. Are you sure it's not before? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, dude. I can't find... In- this is really difficult to navigate for some reason. This movie is so long. This is really probably not worth it, but I just am interested in what happened in that scene. Uh, so it so it comes actually after the beginning because they megatron tells it's that montage of um 
where they oh, like have yeah. all the deaths because Megatron tells Laserbeak to yeah. go kill them all. Yeah, that's right. Um, so Here. Megatron shows up around thirty-five. There it. it is. I found it. Yeah. So laser beak is uh was like a small pink version of uh, Bumblebee. Wait. So he says he says um what are you doing in my house just visiting? Yeah. And then and then it doesn't show anything more actually. Huh, yeah. I mean I feel like it's it, it's it's left open ended. That's bizarre. But, I feel, but considering it immediately comes after the scene, yeah, where Megatron tells because they start talking that uh, Sam or whoever is getting close to figuring out the mm-hmm. actual reason why Sentinel's alive. I see. And he tells him yeah. to go kill them. So I was like, I feel like it's. Yeah, you're probably right. I just I felt like there was something that the Decepticons needed to like feed some misinformation or something. That's probably why I reinterpret misinterpreted that. Um... So, related to all of that uh, is... So, all that leads into an invasion of Chicago so that they can set up their uh, teleportation things. And they they teleport a bunch of Decepticons who are just sleeping on the moon. Yeah. And um, they, the whole plan is to teleport Cybertron to Earth and then enslave the human race to rebuild Cybertron. All these Decepticons then attack Chicago. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Their whole plan revolves around he- enslaving humans. It'd be one thing if it was like DC and there's like a strong military presence that needed to take it over. Mm-hmm. DC cannot defend don't, itself. They don't like Chicago. <laughs> and I guess it's just to make the Decepticons more evil. But like, and if this was like the third act of an hour and a half movie, this would be like where the action happens. The movie's already over two hours at this point. Mm-hmm. And then they go into this whole thing. It becomes the second one again. Where like everyone is separate from each other and they all have to like figure out how to communicate. Like this is not an interesting way to execute these movies. It just, if it sounds confusing, that's because it is. And there's mm-hmm. too much going on. That's all I've got. The rest I've got falls under amusing observations same well i've got some yeah amusing slash confusing yeah my first one is at some point i don't i didn't write down the exact reason i wrote this down something someone says like oh megatron says pray you're not wrong or something when they're sending them off optimus says that he's like don't lose faith uh well see some (laughs) one of the transformers says something about praying oh maybe and uh i just wrote down who do Autobots pray to? How do they have a concept of prayer? They do. They have a god. Cybertron? I literally said it. We made a joke. Primus. Who's Primus? Oh, gosh. Am I going to get into, like, Transformers religion on the podcast? <laughs> no. It's not worth it. Basically, the opposite of Unicron. I thought Cybertron was the opposite of Unicron. Primus is Cybertron. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, Cybertron. Yeah. Okay. There's the name, though. I see. Um, what, what do you got next? Why does Sam have Michaela's dog? Oh, I've got that too. <laughs> I noticed the dog is the Marmaduke looking thing uh-huh. from 
I don't know if he shows up in the first film, but he's definitely in the second film yeah. in Michaela's dad's shop. Uh-huh. Why did he... That was never Sam's dog. Why did he get that dog in the breakup? Yeah, that's... um. That's a good question. It's only in that one scene at the beginning of this, of this movie yeah. that you even see the dog. Yeah. Huh. Um, I'm, I'm very confused as to what the... There's two little Decepticon guys living with Sam in this movie. Wheelie and Brains. The Wheelie is from the previous one. Unfortunately. Brains... Somehow Tom Kenny returned. If Just knowing this, that this thing is very cartoony, it's playing off cliches... The name Brains and the way he looks, he has like this like long hair. You would think he, they're like, kind of playing off of an Einstein sort of thing. Except for there's another Autobot who actually is smart and is also supposed to look like and sound like Einstein. Bumblebee is the only film that Wheeljack has ever looked good in. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that is, Oh, yeah, we talked about this. The, the Einstein guy is supposed to be Wheeljack. Yeah. Also, this, not a side tangent... This movie just has a lot of double names. Yeah, there are characters who have two different names. Yeah. What they're supposed to be called and what they're actually called in the movie. Yeah. Um, but the little guy never does anything intelligent. He's called Brains. He talks like Beavis and Butthead. Mm. That's exactly what I assumed he was supposed to be until I heard that his name was Brains later in the movie. I find that amusing. Not good, not funny, but in a movie that I hate, it's amusing. Athena would bully them. What do you got next on your list? So, question. This is this is just the first time they try to transport Cybertron to Earth. It didn't work. It didn't work. But here's my question. So they transport Cybertron. I'm really confused on what happens because Cybertron starts coming through and they turn off the pillars and it just like the space bridge stops mm -hmm. but we don't see the rest of the planet <laughs> so did it just cut a fifth of cybertron off or is it just weird teleportation stuff so when they turn uh -huh. the pillars back on it goes back secondly when the pillars are destroyed it collapses in on itself wormhole style uh -huh. so first if it's the first the former where when they turned off the pillars it just chopped a couple inches off cybertron um not a couple chopped like a fifth off of it which is crazy um, that that just happened and really if you design a space bridge you should probably make sure that doesn't happen uh-huh and it collapses in on itself and i guess it into the uh, into the ether i don't know two if it's supposed to be the whole planet and Cybertron collapses in on itself. How in the world are we seeing it again in The Last Night? It's just an action movie, Rachel. You don't have to think about it that hard. <laughs> yes, I do, Cameron. You are both correct in these questions, but you're also wrong because you shouldn't have asked them in the first place. <laughs> so here's a hilarious sound from when Optimus gets hit by a giant snake thing. I think that's Scorponok in this film. It was even funnier than I remember. Made that was Optimus. That Peter Colin. I really feel like did they just like oh, let man. someone into the recording booth and just beat up Peter Colin for this film? Maybe I don't know. that maybe is the only way to get an authentic performance out of him because he. Uh, <laughs> well, hold on. Look, he's great. 
he's terrible in this movie. Oh, yeah. I thought, you terrible meant, performance. I thought you meant in general for a no, second. No, generally, I was like, he's normally incredible. Whoa, we're in the chat. He's we're normally incredible. On Let, the let's, uh, let's, let's, let's hear that sound one oh, more time. Gosh, <laughs> Sounds like you got put in a blender. It's so slobbery. He's a oh, robot, but it that. sounds like a man's mouth. I hate that a <laughs> lot. There are a lot of times in this cartoon in this movie where they just kind of failed to like put the actual like layers of computer voice over yeah. him and it just sounds like Peter Cullen as a human. It does not work at all. Yeah. Um, that's probably my favorite moment in the movie. I should have saved that for last. <laughs> uh, what else you got? So, um, I just want to be really honest. I personally feel like at this point, because Chicago was the point of not only an alien invasion, but also the central point of that is calling this planet to Earth. I really feel like nuking Chicago would have been in the plans somewhere. I, I really think it would have been like, well, we nuke them all. I think given that the government did not know what their plans actually were, if they had known the plan was to try to enslave the human race and bring another planet into mm-hmm. our atmosphere they would have seen it as acceptable to nuke the city. But because they, as of that moment, they were not leaving Chicago, it was better to try to take them out. So I I think it's actually understandable why they wouldn't nuke it. Leave Chicago to the wolves. (laughs) Um, Uh, Is that where do you think that... So they filmed in three places for this film. Yes. D.C., Chicago, and Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think they filmed in Detroit for the latter half of the film. Almost certainly. Actually, there were some places I recognized. I was like, hey, I've walked there. Yeah. We don't live in Chicago, thankfully. <laughs> but, We've just both been there. Um, yeah. So my next note is this movie has two examples of hilarious little lower thirds labeling the location. The first one is it j- towards the beginning. It just says Middle East illegal nuclear <laughs> sites. And I found that hilarious for two reasons. One it's very much within Michael Bay's politics, I think, that yeah. they're going after an illegal nuclear site in a foreign country. But also, I missed it initially, and I kept going, and I was like, wait, which country is this? And I rewound it. It said, quote, Middle, Middle East, East. <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, the other hilarious lower third label location labeling is, quote, classified nest headquarters in the in washington dc and it's just a shot of this big industrial complex with a helicopter landing on it in the middle of washington and the most souped up vehicles ever (laughs) being escorted by top secret like almost military suvs yeah total it's like was it was it like center for something health human education or no it was like health oh yeah health and human services and they they try to lampshade this better uh, later, because Sam tries to go in and, and talk to the Autobots, and they say, tell him that the, he, they, this is not Nest. He's got the wrong location. He's like, "Oh yeah, because you guys got M4s. You're you're guarding blood bags." <laughs> but you can't get away with that crap, Michael Bay. No, you, it's too far into the movie to to do that. This movie's taking itself too seriously. Um, what do you got next? Okay, so these are just kind of more in the observations. <laughs> Post, I made this joke when we watched it, but. Director Mirren, or maybe Lennox said it to Director Mirren after they find Sentinel that uh, Sentinel was apparently the Einstein of his people, which I made a joke. <laughs> after watching Oppenheimer is really funny because it's like, so he 
seemingly spawns out of nowhere dressed in sweatpants and really comfy clothes to offer sagely wisdom before disappearing into the ether. <laughs> <laughs> Love that joke. I had that written down as uh, well. Nice. Yeah. My, my final uh, noteworthy observation is just, um, well, I have one other one after this, but it's a little longer. Um, it shows up at some point. There are a few Autobots who are uh, NASCAR cars and which is one of the most egregious ways of fitting uh, product placement into the series other than something that happens in the next film that we've already talked about before and we'll talk about it once we get there <laughs> but uh, this particular Autobot the NASCAR vehicle that he transforms into which dang it I'm just not realizing being a NASCAR car is not being a robot in disguise because NASCAR cars don't drive around in the normal city anyways uh, he transforms into a nascar vehicle that is promoted by target you want to guess what his name is it's target <laughs> and he's he's supposed to be top spin uh-huh but well, he's one of the three that has different names uh-huh like i know oftentimes toy cup uh, uh stores will get like exclusives on a particular version of a toy but rarely do you see a character designed to be a store exclusive from the conception of the character mm -hmm. awful uh what else you got i got two more things okay go for you it. had a funny joke um so when sentinel kills ironhide and the betrayal is realized you just you just said when you're playing a new game and you tr decide to test out if there's friendly fire or not. <laughs> oh, man. That's one of my favorite memes. So it's always funny. That and fall damage. Yep. Such yep. a good uh -huh. meme. Um, my last observation here is uh, there's a lot of characters in the last two films. Human characters. But it rarely felt like they were just throwing in celebrities for the sake of celebrities. It, like, even... Because like, typically the people they were hiring were not that famous. Um, but this one is celebrity cameo, like not like massive celebrities, but very recognizable faces, respected actors, and also real world celebrities. It feels like a Muppets movie, <laughs> which made me realize I would love a Muppets movie with, uh, uh, the main actor in this. I'm totally like Shia, Shia LaBeouf, just him becoming increasingly more unhinged by being annoyed at Muppet antics would be hilarious. Um, but also thinking about a Transformers film as a Muppets movie also made me laugh. Um, here's a list of the actors in this series. Uh, vaguely starting with kind of not surprising to how did that happen? We already talked about Alan Tudyk. He's a character actor. Well, he's a very recognizable face to some. He is still an actor and not really a celebrity. So it kind of makes sense. Um, Ken Young, who we talked about earlier as well. Very, he, got, he was very hot at this moment because of the uh, Hangover movies. The Hangover movie. <laughs> but it, he's still an actor. He's still a comedian. He's in a comedic role. He, uh, he's got quite a few lines. He, he's only got like three scenes. But he's got a lot of lines in those scenes. So it, it still kind of makes sense. Deep way. Um, Patrick Dempsey, who was also very hot at the time because he's the lead character from Grey's Anatomy. This movie came out in 2011. Aged. And it isn't a cameo. He is the main human villain. So it's not much a celebrity cameo, but it's very recognizable face to put. And honestly, not a terrible performance. Like, unfortunately, his character, who could have been very interesting, 
doesn't actually get any real development. He mm-hmm. just says what's happening to him the whole thing time. And uh, it could have been interesting had he been given more time or more proper development. Um, John Malkovich, who is one of the most famous actors from the 90s, um, he was the star of the movie being John Malkovich. Uh, he's been in a ton of films. You've definitely seen him in stuff. The fact that he's in, he's, he played the boss. And then you've got Francis McDormand, who has been the star of many, many Coen Brothers films. An incredibly res- well-respected actress. The main, she's the the lead character of the movie. Uh, now I'm gonna totally blank on it. It uh, Fargo from the '90s, which is an Oscar-winning film. She's gone on to become an Oscar winner twice since this movie came out. Incredibly well-respected actress. She's the the military or director Marion. Yeah. Clearly, just a paycheck. Hate that she's in it uh, for her, but you know what? She got paid. That's all that matters. Bill O'Reilly, famed uh, Fox News host, playing himself in this, and then Fox News is canon. uh, (laughs) And then finally, Buzz Aldrin, one of the (sighs) two men who first stepped on the moon, playing himself. And in one of the funnier moments of this movie, he's talking to Optimus Prime, and he's supposed to, like, smile in awe at him, and he just has this hilarious old man look on his face. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's the list of, of, of uh, Muppet-esque cameos in this film. Um, I think really the last thing I have is... So, this movie has some similarities to some of the G1 episodes we watched. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Megatron's Master Plan Part 1 and 2, where the Decepticons yes. work to get yes. the Autobots <laughs> exiled. They even do the whole, dis- like, faking the death thing. Um, so just kind of like, in- you know, interesting callback. Probably the closest they'll ever get to source material in these films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Outside of characters. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was just it's just very interesting that there were at least three characters in this movie that had names that had double names. So first was Wheeljack, who was also named Q for some reason. I don't know. Um <laughs> which was, also brings up an interesting thing of why they made Wheeljack look like Einstein when they also referenced Sentinel is more akin mm-hmm. to Einstein, which is kind of weird, but, you know, whatever. Michael Bay didn't ask me. Um, we should get a tally count how many times I've said that during these episodes. Um, and we have Mirage, who, which is the first uh, movie that we have, the first movie appearance, that live action appearance we've seen for Mirage. And, of course, then he looks far different in Rise of the Beasts. Uh-huh. Um, but his name is actually Dino because Ferrari was like, we're licensed with Mattel, not Hasbro. Uh-huh. So you can have the car, but we don't want we don't want to be affiliated. <laughs> and I don't know. And then, um, as you said, Target was actually named Topspin. So I don't know. It was just very interesting that they decided to do that. You said Ferrari. Do you mean Porsche? No, he was a Ferrari. I was pretty sure. But okay, if they don't want to be, why would the character's name change? If Ferrari doesn't want to be associated with a Hasbro product, that's what it said when I looked it up. That does uh, that, that I can't. Didn't... I'm having trouble following the logic there, because was Mirage a Ferrari originally? I am not sure about that because uh, it's hard to tell what colors they are. So in you, 
Because is he a Ferrari in this movie? Is is Dino slash Mirage? I'm fairly certain, yes. So then, if they don't want to be associated, then why is the, 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 they allowed to oh, use no, a Oh, no, he Ferrari? is a Porsche. That's, wait, no. He was, he was a Porsche in Rise of the Beasts. Yes. But what does Ferrari not wanting to be associated with a Hasbro product have to do with them changing the name from Mirage to Dino? I mean, I was just looking up the info. I'm just I'm just trying to track the logic. I'm trying to see where I'm confused. Um, gosh, I hate Heroes Wiki. <laughs> um, okay, so in G1, he was a Formula One car. Okay. Um, but he's never technically referred to Mirage in... Um, referred as... Uh, Mirage in uh in Dark of the Moon. <sighs> yes. I just don't I mean I'm I'm you the way you have said it is exactly the way I'm reading it That's here. That's the way I read it. I just don't understand what it means. It doesn't what it this is the exact quote. It says Mirage is called Dino in the film due to Ferrari's request as Mattel, Hasbro's competitor, had an exclusive license for Ferrari's toys and thus didn't want their product labeling the name of Hasbro's toy, toy trademark. Explain the reason why he never got a toy figure with the release of Dark of the Moon. So does that mean maybe that they wanted to make Mirage a, play, a, a toy they could make I guess if they potentially wanted to make Mirage in a future film mm -hmm. they would actually be able to make him a toy they could make it like a character that they could make into a toy I'm, it's no doubt to do with marketing yeah this is just a confusing fact like you said it perfectly you did not say anything wrong it just doesn't make any sense why still make him a Ferrari then if you can't make a toy out of him they ha and how is he Mirage? I've, if Mirage not a, he's not Mirage anymore. <laughs> I I don't know. Like this character, if he's not the same car he was in the cartoon, and his name is not Mirage. Well, he's I'd, is he a Formula One? We need to refer to our local expert on whether or not Mirage is actually a, a Formula One vehicle, or if he's just a Ferrari. Yeah, I don't know. Because that might be the thing. He couldn't be the specific racing type. He had to be a. a a casual Ferrari. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Anyways, um, I'm on to all my favorite quotes I wrote down from either yourself or or my wife said during it. Uh, starting with, so the the film starts with a a recreation of why we went to the moon. In this film's alternate history, we went to the moon because we detected something that landed on the planet and we wanted to get there before the Soviets could. So there's a scene with a CGI faced uh, a JFK. Um, and you just said, do you think he was voiced by the same guy who did JFK in the Clone High cartoon? Which you don't know is a very famous version, uh, especially was famous on the internet just for the extreme nature of that cartoon's depiction of, of JFK, just where he talks like, we are gonna, uh, go to the moon! <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, gonna beat you up, nerd! <laughs> Nothing bad ever happens <laughs> to the Kennedys. <laughs> I love Clone High so much. Um, secondly, they then... Um, so the film is in the midst of this revisionist history element. They're showing the, the footage of the moon take... Uh, the, let's say the footage of the moon taking off. Footage of the, the rocket going off. And then you just said something to the effect of... Do you think the Decepticons caused the Challenger accident? <laughs> 
look, there's enough revisionist history in these films that I wouldn't be surprised. About 20 years ago, that would have been the equivalent of asking if they caused 9-11. Because, well, and then my next thought was, did the Decepticons kill JFK? <laughs> I... I legitimately think there's a shot in this movie where they used footage from the JFK assassination. I think they did. Or re- because it's just supposed to be footage of them driving. But I don't know. But it looks Ugh. a lot like... Because I just recently watched a video about the JFK assassination. It looked a lot like that footage. Anyways. Where, what's like? What's a footage of JFK in a car? Do you think we can get any of that? <laughs> just, does someone just Google search JFK in car, car footage and didn't watch the whole thing and just use the first little bit? Yikes. You then um while they were showing the moon landing bit, you said what do you think Neil you like you said something like, What did Jonathan Armstrong I said think Lewis about Armstrong. this? <laughs> and I said, I think he's dead. Also his name is Lance. Gosh dang it. What did, You said Louis? Neil. No, no, I <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna restart on this. We're just gonna totally restart. You said what did Lewis? What would Lewis Armstrong think of this recreation? And I said, I think he's dead. Also, did you say Lewis because his name is Neil? Uh, and also, he died in 2012, so he wasn't dead. So that was just a very uh, mistake-laden interaction. Look, I, I know we went to the moon. That's all I know. Oh, and then when I said uh, he died in 2012, you said, "Oh, this movie must have killed him." <laughs> You're making me sound real bad at this. Oh, these are great jokes. These are good jokes. Um, And then um, a couple of of comments from my wife. uh, So she had just gotten off a 12-hour shift at at her job as a a nurse. And um, and she's never seen these movies before. It... But she's also very astute. She knows that movies just recast characters. So it, it cuts into the first scene where we meet, uh, which we didn't talk about at all. But Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, she's very forgettable. She's fine. Um, Carly. Uh, the woman from the last two, the actress. Oh, Megan Fox. Megan Fox is not in this movie at all. She uh, Sam has a totally new female uh Girlfriend. I was about to say female love which, interest. Which, which is why we made the comment, why does Sam have Michaela's dog? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. To explain. Yeah. We didn't explain that at all. She's Michaela, the uh, Megan Fox's you character, not in this movie at all. You need to watch the source material for, watching this, <laughs> for listening to this episode. And so this blonde woman who looks nothing like Megan Fox shows up in the first scene. And to my wife's credit, you have no idea who she's supposed to be. And uh, she just goes, is that supposed to be Michaela? And I go, no, but I bet Michael Bay considered just recasting the yeah. character. Um, and then she also made towards the end of the film, they said something. Up, so Nest, what does Nest stand for? Okay, I don't if you don't, know. It's, it's the military. It, unit. It's the abbreviation for the the human military outfit that helps the Transformers fight the Decepticons. And uh, something says something. So a character says something about your Nest friends, and my wife just goes, "Nest friends forever." <laughs> This is a great joke. It feels like a bumper sticker they'd have. Final, uh, final quote here is uh, during the whenever the Autobots, the Decepticons start invading Earth, they start trans- scanning vehicles and transforming into human vehicles, and one of them becomes a trash truck. And Rachel just goes, "I'm the trash man. I just come in and throw trash around and throw, throw throw garbage all over the room." <laughs> Oh, that was good. And that's my final note on this terrible, terrible movie. Um, do you ever think 
towards the end of Dark of the Moon because, um, you know, okay, first of all, Megatron could have probably had Optimus killed and taken out Sentinel himself mm-hmm. if he had just been two seconds slower. Uh-huh. Um, do you think, because so we see, so, you know, Optimus kills Sentinel and Megatron um, at the very end, kind of brutally. Um, dude does not hold him back. Um, uh-huh. And you see, like, the rest, and they're about to, like, way back because they're all just walking super slow up the road for some reason. But the humans are out there in the front. And you hear the monologue, the typical mo- uh, Optimus Prime monologue at the end, but he's not actually speaking. Uh-huh. And so I made a joke that he was monologuing in his head. But do you ever think towards the end of this film, do you think the other bo- Autobots were ever kind of like, do you think he's okay? <laughs> Why is he just standing there? Why is he just like thousand yards staring up the Chicago River? <laughs> <laughs> um... My final note on this movie is I just think it's relevant to talk about this for a quick second because it'll set up um, when we first, when we see Optimus Prime again in the next film, this man is a different man he, after coming he, back to life in the last one. He is not the same. He is just killing dudes left and right. He, the way he wipes out the final two villains of this movie is brutal. Brutal. This man. uh Un- unarmed he, too he in some point in this movie says about the subcons we'll kill them all <laughs> like, he's gone this man has been fighting this war for millions of years as far as at least the original timeline of the cartoon and he is done he is <laughs> which <he's> fair <laughs> yeah um i oh gosh this whole this whole episode is a final thought um so a design thought so megatron is not looking super hot in this film he's a little rusty and we finally get a close-up shot of him at the end. And I just go, I just think, Megatron looks like a Five Nights at Freddy's animatronic in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, deteriorated to heck. Just mm, not good. I feel like that's all I got. That's all I got. Oh, I have one, one observation I noticed. So... One thing that we typically see is Carly wears a lot of uh, Louboutin shoes. You know, it's the famous red underneath heel, which she has in the entire last part of the film. You can see her shoes switch from heels to actual flats during the running scenes. It's kind of funny. Uh-huh. And that concludes our conversation on this. Um, it unfortunately does not get better um, in the next movie, but um, maybe there's more to talk about because it is a it does kind of re it's a soft reboot and it um allows this series to maybe take a step backwards as far as the the how big it's trying to go and the tone it's a terrible movie maybe it'll be a little more fun to talk about what is fun to talk about are memes welcome to everyone's favorite segment meme minute but it's longer than a meme a meme a meme meme parsec meme Astro second, Rachel, and oh, as a reminder, we are uh, we are in our third or fourth week. We are in our meme era. We're in our fourth week of uh, our little running competition of amongst the memes. Each of us made our own, and then at the end, we will guess which uh, meme the other one made. I I felt like I had written down a running score. I do. You're you do. I'm at three, three for three, and you're at two for three. 
So, so you're three and zero, and I'm two and one. Oh yeah, I'm three and zero and two. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking to to catch back up here, um, and so go ahead, Rachel, fire off at me well, your first, first of all, meme. This is a TikTok, so you know we've kind of been seeing people create memes with like the AI voices. Uh huh. So okay, I'm gonna play it. This is Clone Wars specifics for Clone Wars fans. So you were an enemy of our children, hunting down their friends. Lady. Your children were terrorists. Good for them. I hope they were at least good at it. So you were an enemy. Very it's nice. a conversation between Clone Wars Padme, Boba Fett, and Anakin. <laughs> uh, and I just thought it was funny. I felt I felt it was a little um, on brand for Anakin. Uh-huh. I hope they were good at it. I don't know how many you have. I hope they were good at it. Cameron, I have three. Okay, well, I've got a couple of videos and like nine memes. Oh, man, it's just so, a verse from last week. Um, <laughs> so here's, here's a... I'm going to start with videos. Mm. Um, I'm going to let you listen to this video, then I'm going to show you the video. So let me get my audio up here. To create images is always a challenge. Digital magic. Panasonic. So the, the caption on this is the Japanese ad with George Lucas for Panasonic from 1983. So you're hearing George Lucas' voice as well as the Japanese, like, dubbing and slightly delayed so I'll let you listen to it one more time and now, magic. <laughs> now I'll let you see it to create images is so this is a very visual meme for <laughs> a audio podcast but um the commercial is George Lucas's head is a camera and it anamorphs into George Lucas's head wearing aviator sunglasses. He then takes it off and goes, Oh, I didn't even see that. I was looking at the bottom image. Oh, no, you got to watch the top. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so much worse. The bottom image is a image of Yoda and George Lucas both sitting cross-legged and floating above the ground. That's what I was confused. I was like, okay. Um, I'm, because I've got a little more than you, I'll double up. Um, Thanks. This is, a, I, this is not much of a meme per se. Obligatory, not uh, a meme. Obligatory, not a meme. Um, but it's just, I stumbled upon this today. Uh, this is a Order 66... Uh, they they did animatics for some cut mm. elements of Order sixty six from Vince the Sith, and this mm. one is just so darn funny. I'm, I'll explain it here in a minute. Oh my gosh. So what it is, is you see a Jedi, like, sitting in the front of a walker, just like, falling behind another walker, and the cannons on the walker just turn around and obliterate the Jedi. Just, and it's all in very low polygon, very preliminary animation, so it's very cheap looking, and it is so funny to me. Um, oh gosh, what does that make me think of? Um, 
Are you sure that's not a Nintendo 64 Star Wars game? <laughs> that's what it looks like. Because that, we had one of the, well, we didn't have one. My uh, grandma had a Nintendo 64 and we had a, a, no, very specifically, that looks like Star Wars Episode One: Battle for Naboo. Yeah. From the Nintendo I, 64. I believe it. I believe it. All right. What's your next meme? <laughs> to continue the Barbenheimer theme. Uh-huh. Um. So I'll, I'll I'll let you so I'll just let you observe it. The design of Transformer characters, and it's a picture of Barbie. The personality of Transformers characters, Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, especially after I learned that most even Autobots have at most uh, they uh, tolerate biological life, if not have outright disdain for biological yeah. life, other than like Optimus and Bumblebee. <laughs> Definitely. They <laughs> no are a bunch of war care. criminals, man. <laughs> um, so this is a great one. So this is in celebration to the final, uh, this is in reference to the final celebration scene from Phantom Menace. It says, Naboo residents shouting and celebrating Obi-Wan who just witnessed the murder of his father figure and now has to raise a child. <laughs> and it's, uh, private the the penguin from madagascar staring off into space and he's doubled with the second one is like larger and opaque that that makes me think that um gosh i love that meme format that reminds me so i play uh civilization the civilization games with a group of friends and so occasionally war happens and every time we make peace someone always goes Peace, and we all break into like acapella of uh-huh. the Phantom Menace. We always kind of joke <laughs> to fun. see like how long does it take before we uh, start. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So this meme is a play on a very common thing you see on the internet. You'll it'll, you'll have a post of a character in various versions. Very popular among Star Wars. You have like a picture of Obi Wan in Episode One, Episode Two, Episode Three. Episode four, five, six, Clone Wars, Rebels. You know, you see the the progression of a character across movies and mediums. Well, this has uh, Hera and Kanan, and it says Rebels season one and two. No. You see them in season one and two. No. Rebels season three. No. Season four. And then it has Ahsoka. And you, no. have, a, you have a picture of live action Ahsoka, ah. and then just a picture of Ash to represent Kanan, because he got blown up at the end of season four. I knew four. it. I knew it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> that was just special for you. Um, Devastated. So, if you've never seen them... Uh, suppose most people have this was popularized when infinity war came out the out of context spoilers meme format <laughs> where you just post a bunch of vaguely related images to a thing well i found transformers rise the beasts out of context spoilers <laughs> what do we got on there rachel Ooh, we got monkey strong <laughs> <laughs> very uh popular images of spongebob of patrick um like vacuum vacuuming up a bunch of krabby patties <laughs> which is reminiscent of unicron <laughs> yeah unicron absorbing all the the planet um and people an image from an anamorphs cover of someone turning into a hawk um, <laughs> which i would assume is supposed to be uh air razor air razor um here's your bill it's a medical bill of three thousand dollars it's the lego it's the lego guy uh-huh. meme format saying <laughs> a bunch of piled up cop cars oh i think i missed that well let me see in the middle 
Because Mirage went on a kill streak. Oh, yeah. I think that's from Blues Brothers. Something from Rick and Morty. I've never seen Rick and Morty, but I know it's referencing like the copy and paste of Unicron's. Oh, so there's a very famous scene in Rick and Morty where uh, Morty's dad uh, has like a, he's able to clone himself and he's just like uh, saying hello to himself and like patting himself on the back. And it's, (laughs) yeah, that's very indicative of Mirage's personality. Uh, oh, well, I thought it was a joke that all of the all of Unicron's minions like looked the same. Oh, it might be. That's what I was looking at, but it could be Mirage. Maybe it's, it's probably it's both. Probably more Mirage. <laughs> that, that all the the min- there was a very copy and paste of the they minions. They had three very different funny. variations, and they used them. And then we've got like a robot Clip cartoon art. character, and I would presume it's that's supposed to be Noah. Uh, Noah in the in the mech suit. Yeah, and then. We've got Patrick Bateman, uh, which is uh, Christian Bale's character from uh, Psycho, American Psycho, just looking at a, a, a business, business card. card. You know, one thing really quick, obligatory, not a meme. In Dark of the Moon, um, Q gives Sam this like wrist gauntlet thing. Oh, yeah. And Noah gets one, too, uh-huh, in Rise of the uh-huh. Beast. So I was like, huh, interesting. Is that a callback? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, what else you got? Here's number two out of three. Okay. So cherish them. Uh, this is. Just, I just think it's really funny. So it's just a picture <laughs> of G1 Optimus, and it says, "Bro is suspecting." It's, it's his. It's his. It's his face. He looks. He looks oh, his like eyes are squinted. Squinting <laughs> like catch that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I get such a kick out of it. Um, <laughs> this one is. I only um, have one left, so you should probably yeah. just show me the rest. <laughs> so you got a Facebook post that says, the way 2020 is going, I ain't buying no PS5. Damn thing's probably a Decepticon. And then under it, it's Optimus strangling Starscream saying, you told those humans about my plan. <laughs> That's Megatron. Oh, what did I say Optimus? Yeah. For some reason, Megatron Optimus' names are interchangeable in my brain. The two most opposite <laughs> characters in Transformers. I don't know what Cameron. it is. Um, we got a, a very famous comic that's like wh- a man holding a baby. Where's daddy? The baby points to him. Yay. Where's mommy? Points at mom. Yay. Now, and this, people always change this final frame. Now, where is Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? And the baby suddenly uh, looks Palpatine. like Palpatine. <laughs> that's good. Um, this is just a very famous um series of panels from an off from a transformers comic it's just optimist prime tearing off off his head and throwing it into a swamp oh yeah that one oh uh, i love that um padme giving birth where's anakin obi-wan and it's just a picture of uh woody from toy story <laughs> holding buzz's arm oh. shrugging <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, this is kind of similar to the last one you shared. This is just a picture of Optimus Prime, and it says, Megatron, give me my Dino Nuggies back. <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> um, Star Wars is just three trilogies of Palpatine wanting to die, and it's three images of Palpatine with different quotes. Are you going to kill me? Strike me down. Do it. Kill me. <laughs> Do it. Uh, that was very rel- uh, relatable to millennials. Do it. Um, this was back from the election. It's a, it's a tweet screenshot. Biden, 264 electoral votes. 
it, but it just has the number 264 trump 214 ladies man 217 <laughs> <laughs> just a gif of Shia LaBeouf saying are you on drugs <laughs> Um, oh, every good. legend has a weakness and it shows Samson getting his hair cut Achilles getting shot in the heel and then this has a picture of Padme and it says the big sad the big sad oh. um, this is a screenshot I actually I took today oh, this is my final one um, uh, Geek League of America on Facebook posted a picture of a beach trooper and it just says my job is just beach, beach. Which is a uh, reference to Barbie. So good. I love the Beach Trooper design. Beach Trooper design is so, so beautiful. Good. So good. Mm. That's all I've beautiful, got for this week. Beautiful, beautiful troopers. I got one more. Okay. <laughs> this is my last one. Did you or did you not enjoy Revenge of the Fallen? And it's the it's Oppenheimer getting interrogated, <laughs> and the like all the white light. <laughs> I've I considered making a meme out of that format the last two weeks. That is such a good format. It's so good. It's all over. I love it. All right, send me your memes. I have very few oh, to choose from, so but I'm many. definitely going to get it wrong. So I've lost my confidence. <laughs> so I, I just, I'm nervous. Cameron, my my, I'm not comp- my, uh, my uh, uh, plan this week was just to overwhelm you with choices and just play the numbers game. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta remove all my uh, my notes. Um, if use a space to discuss that next week, we uh, our plan as of right now is to talk about Transformers Four, uh, Age of Extinction, and we will Ooh. be having back on uh, our one and only guest that we've had, uh, Mister Caleb, who was back with us when we talked about the last few episodes of Visions. Star Wars Visions. Um, two of my favorite episodes by far. It, it was, it, we split up into two episodes. So we talked about Star Wars Visions and then we ranked our favorite episodes. Uh, ranked all the episodes from Star Wars Visions Volume 2. That was a ton of fun. We're super ha- excited to have him back. We haven't told him what we're doing yet. I don't, I don't know how he'll feel about it, but um, I think it'll be Hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode <laughs> in the next week or so. Uh, I bet he will. <laughs> He's probably going to um, mm-hmm. We're excited to have him back on the pod. Because Cameron, Cameron texted me and he goes... Uh, let's have Caleb again. And uh, I went, yes. Can we make him watch Age of Extinction with us? <laughs> I think it's a great, great plan. <laughs> so, man, these memes are so simple. But one... <laughs> ah, dang, you've really, you've really well, done a good job. Cameron. You've done a good job this week because I... There's not... <sighs> did you or did you not enjoy Revenge of the Fallen? <laughs> so funny hmm the bro is suspecting one seems very much like your sense of humor but i've never heard you say anything like that and then we've got the design of transformers characters the personality of transformers characters the barbenheimer joke but i'm gonna have to come down man i've got a 33 percent chance and i'm gonna get it wrong i just know it but uh my best guess is is it this is it this one right here it is. Yeah! And it's the, uh, the did you enjoy the Revenge of the Fallen? Did you or did you not? And it's, uh, to, to clarify for those who maybe have not seen this meme format, but saw Oppenheimer, it's the it's the final sequence where he's getting really grilled by the board, and he's still imagining the white blast of the nuclear bomb in the room, and everything is so overexposed. Uh, he just 
Man, this you could just give this frame of Killian Murphy alone and you should give him the Oscar. Because this man does stressed better than anyone, I think. He really nails it. I think I've got it narrowed down to the ones it's not. Okay, which ones? Like, I don't think what are you? The, I don't think it's the out of context spoilers. I'm not going to give you any reaction. I that's don't. What you're looking for. I don't like the way you paused. <laughs> I know for a fact you did not draw yes, this comic. Yes, panel. the comic. The comic one is definitely not. Comic one. Comic. I know for a fact you didn't do this one. Maybe. Maybe not. I, you have no idea. I'm. F- <laughs> Actually, if you've done this one, I'm going to be, like, really impressed. And then also, like, ask. It's not this one. I've seen this one. Uh, okay. I d- <laughs> I've seen this one. You just got to... Eventually, you just got to choose. I don't think it's at... It's the one with the tagline, at fancy underscore Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even... I should start cropping out those... To, Make it even harder. I for had you. to edit one out of the Oppenheimer <laughs> one. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I didn't even see that that watermark. That's why it's, uh, I did a good job editing it out. Uh, on the one I that you showed me. No, I mean, no, sorry, the one that I had. I'm really torn between two of them. <laughs> maybe we should have uh our incredible musician caleb uh caleb jacoby our incredible music friend make a theme for this segment of like thinking music so her final guess is your final guess uh, is Padme giving birth? Where's Anakin? Obi Wan, and it's Woody holding up uh, Buzz's arm, shrugging. I did not make that oh. one. I made the uh, uh, no spoiler context one. Really? Yeah, I'm impressed. Thank you. That sounded condescending. I'm sorry. No. It's, wow. Hey, nice. I, this one, that one was a lot more work. That took me yeah. like 30 minutes to make. <laughs> I'm very proud. That's of it. good. Yeah. I was trying really hard not to give away. That I knew this is what the way you paused, I, I, I knew. Uh, I I referenced Animorphs early in the episode. And I thought maybe that was going to be a dead giveaway. The fact that Animorphs was on my mind. And I've Animorphs also seen everyone that. else. Yeah, a lot of people reference <laughs> yeah. Animorphs. So I was really that's proud good. Of that. Yeah, Thank monkey strunk. Uh, okay, so we're both three and one. Three Oof. and one we're tied up again. Um, so yeah, I look forward to yeah Caleb guessing first next week will be a lot of yes, fun. Yes, we need Caleb to guess first because I thought about that. And then we can, <laughs> so we just have like 20 each. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, thank you to Caleb Jacoby for our intro and outro music and props to Rachel for our artwork and Twitter account at Rebels Robot Pod. Props to Cameron for running our Facebook um, and props to our little editor. Our little editor over there napping. Yeah, she's asleep. It's she, only we, 810. We're ending early she, today. We, and... lost her. we lost her a while ago. <laughs> um, as always, give us something to read on the pod uh, leave us a review tweet or dm us memes you know DM i us. 
we both have only ever had one review on Amazon Music or Amazon Podcast, but also I forget to check every week. So if we did have one, I would <laughs> probably not see it. I'm going to check real quick. See it six months to from see, now. Um, if you leave us a review, DM us somewhere or let one of us know if you know us personally so that we uh, know to look for it. But I'm going to double check real quick Imagine here. we just get like a text from an unknown number. <laughs> I reviewed you guys. Um, no, we huh? still only have the one review. Uh, well, guy. we have five ratings, but only one, like, review left. That was, like, a written one. It's going to be the guy you talked to today. He's going to leave us a review. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, quick aside, today, before we recorded, we went and got Chick-fil-A. And uh, the guy, I was wearing a Star Wars shirt, and the guy who was our clerk, he commented on they liked my shirt. I said, oh, yeah, well, today is podcasting day, and I always wear a Star Wars shirt. And he's like, oh, what's it called? He got really excited. We had a fun discussion about... And Cameron tried um, to slander me. <laughs> I told him. Show. I asked him what his favorite Star Wars movie was, and he says Empire Strikes Back. And I said, Rachel doesn't like Empire. And I said, that's not true. Obviously not, not so true. But um, I, I just like to th- call Rachel out whenever I can in public. <laughs> um, I'm sure the people behind us were probably like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so props to our new listener. If you decided to listen, welcome. We're ha- excited to have you, though. I... Woo. If he likes Star Wars and not Transformers, I doubt he'll start with this episode. Ooh, yeah, you <laughs> may never listen to this episode. So, but uh, shout he's out to a, him if he ever does. He's got a good ten episodes of like just <laughs> Star Wars stuff. So, <laughs> um, and so I'm going to keep with the tradition thus far of the last two. I'm signing off by reciting the Optimus Prime final monologue. Mm. So, no, at, wait, hold on. You should oh, do it like he does. And just do it internally. So it's just silent. Uh, no. Yes. This is Cameron and Rachel signing off saying, In any pod, there are calms between the casts. There will be days when we lose faith. Days when our guests, guest hosts turn against us. But the day will never come that we forsake this podcast and its listeners. Good night. Good night. Somehow, my feelings on today's topic have not changed in the 12 years since it came out, which is pretty much, I don't want to be watching this movie. <laughs> How do you, what do you think? It's not as good as I remember, but I'm not lowering the bar so bad that I think Revenge of the Fallen is good. <laughs> Look, two things can simultaneously, much like on the internet, people uh, want to say that, like, if you, like, one of my favorite tweets ever is, like, you go on the internet and you say, I like pancakes. People are like, well, what about waffles? Like, you can like a thing and also say another thing is bad or good. Simultaneously, you can say Dark of the Moon is bad and also think Revenge so of the Fallen is bad. I don't think it's bad, but rewatching it again, a whole lot of nothing happens. It's Wednesday night, and we are in Rachel's apartment, which much means it's... I'm going to start that again. That was terrible. <laughs> it's Wednesday night, and we are in Rachel's apartment, which much me. Oh, my God. I cannot nail that. Okay. Athena, come do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> that was Cameron. That was not her.